and I know that um, he's got something for us tonight. So as he comes tonight, give him a good hand and give him your attention. If you have your Bible, so going to start reading in um, Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to very thankful to be part of this church. Thankful for everything that God's doing in this place. I, I'm thankful to see the revival that seems to be happening. God is doing something different. I was, we just, uh, just baptized Brother James on Sunday and we were so, uh, I was on my way, I believe, uh, just the last week talking with him, and he said, you know, if you told me a year ago I was going to be here, I wouldn't believe it. Because I, I was talking to him about how, how Daniel, been t- Daniel had been texting me, and he told me that, uh, he told me, he said, he's ch- t- checking up on church, was going, I said, it's been pretty good. James has been coming, he's like, What? And he said, he said, yeah, I would have said the same thing if you told me that about, about even, even a month ago. <laughs> but uh, praise God, I am excited to see what God's doing in this church. I'm excited about everything that's happening. Like I said, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse number 3. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought, for, brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat of the, thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and his brother and slew him. Let's pray. Jesus. Jesus, Touch the Lord, bless, bless in a mighty way tonight, God. Touch every individual in your mighty name, God. Jesus, Jesus, name, Jesus, 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 of the first man and the first woman to ever walk this earth. Uh, it's the very beginning of human existence. Man has recently been kicked from the Garden of Eden, and now the first generation to ever grow up outside of clear communication with God is starting to make their own way, starting to find their own way to talk to God. First generation to ever. Uh, the first generation after the people who talked directly with God as no one else ever had before are trying, are trying to get in touch with God. 
But for the very first time, the thing that broke communication with God is showing its full potential. The words are surely echoing in the minds of Adam and Eve that God told them, in the day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. They're seeing the true results of what God meant when He said, Thou shalt surely die. Death is a promise to all men now. And that is simply because we sinned. That is simply because of sin. And now sin is taking charge. And that, that thou shalt surely die is echoing in the minds of Adam and Eve. But a different set of words are echoing in Cain's mind. Cain never heard those words. Cain may have heard his dad say them a few times. But God talked directly to Cain just before this happened. Literally, just before this happened, if it's the way that we read it. Cain had just heard the words, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And then immediately Cain did not heed the warning. Cain did what so many people on this earth do. Simply heard the words of God and went and did what he wanted. That's what we all do. We all do what Cain has done. We simply hear the words of God. Say, okay, I'm doing what I want. That's what we do. That's the way that we live our lives. But now Cain is seeing the consequences of what happens. If we keep reading, we'll read that Cain dreads what happens. God comes to him. He tells him, he said, because of what you've done, you're going to be cut off. You're going to be separated. You're going to be cursed. The ground is never going to give you seed. The ground is never going to grow. Nothing you plant is ever going to die. Nothing you plant is ever going to grow. Nothing is going to work for you the way you want it to work because you have ruined an entire bloodline. Millions, billions of people will not be born now because you have destroyed a life. Sin has taken charge. You are now living the life that you chose. When I told you that sin would be a desire, that you will rule over sin, that you will be living that way, And Cain is now wondering just what it really means when God told him, Unto thee shall be his desire, thou shalt rule over him. But the answer to Cain's question, if he's wondering just what that means, is not very far away at all. But he's not going to hear the answer because he's been cut off. You see, the answer to Cain's question, the answer to what those words really meant, lie with his mother and father. You see, the answer lies in another fateful day years ago, but in our Bibles just about one chapter away, less than a chapter away in Genesis chapter 3, the fateful chapter where the beginning of the end happens. You see, his mother heard the very same words from the very same source that Cain did. She heard those very similar words from the mouth of God. See, when it all came out that man had broken God's one rule, judgment was poured out. Satan was cursed to constantly crawl and nip at the heels of mankind. 
You see, God told them, you're cursed above all, all beasts of the field. Above everything else, you are cursed because you will forever be biting at the dust of mankind. And then God cursed, and, and God cursed Adam. God told Adam that because you've broken this rule, that well, also he told Satan. He told Satan that that because of this you are gonna deal. You're gonna try to bite at one foot that's not gonna be that's not gonna take your bite, and it's gonna crush your head. And that's gonna be the foot of the Savior of mankind, the seed of a woman that's gonna be going against you. He also cursed Adam. Adam was cursed to work with sweat. For his food. He was going to work in the dust and in the sweat. And it was going to be tough to get any food out. But he was going to get food. He was just going to have to work for it. Until eventually he returned to the same dust of the ground. Eve. The, the ground was cursed. The ground was cursed with thorns. And to make things more complicated for Adam's work. And, and Eve was cursed with pain, emotional and physical, when she dealt with, when she would have children and families. And now she was seeing even more so what it truly meant when God said, in pain, in pain, will you bring forth children. In pain, will you, feel, will you bring people into the world. In pain. And now she's truly feeling that pain more so than ever before because now she is seeing the emotional turmoil that came with it, not just that physical that came the day those children were born. But the big thing, the thing that Cain would be most interested in to hear about this day was the next thing that God told. The next thing that God told Eve in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 16. He said... I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow shall thou bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband. And he shall rule over thee. Thy desire shall be. And he will rule over. You see what did God say to Cain? Cain was told sin waits at the door. Sin waits at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And he told Eve, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. We have something interesting going on. Cain and sin were going to be living the same relationship as Adam and Eve. Cain was going to have the same relationship with sin as Eve had with Adam. Cain would have a cursed marriage to sin. Cain would have a cursed marriage to sin. I'm going to be talking today about married to sin. Married to sin. You see, marriage as it's originally intended was, in, uh, was described in Genesis chapter 2. I mean, we've all likely heard this and it's said at so many weddings, but in Genesis 2.24, God says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. That was how it was supposed to work. Man leaves father and mother, cleaves to his wife. But something went wrong. 
as it often does when God makes something. We perverted it. We destroyed it. We messed with how marriage was supposed to work. And we messed with how marriage was supposed to work as early as Genesis chapter 3. When we committed a sin, when mankind sent sin into the world, marriage was perverted. Marriage was turned from one flesh. Marriage was turned from one flesh to desire and rulership. Desire and rulership. And we notice that problem across thousands of marriages across the world. That the woman wants her husband to love her and desire her and be romantic with her. And the man wants to boss her around and make her do what he wants and, and just desire and rulership. You see, God's plan was for mankind to be in unity, one flesh, living before God, holy, growing a society to make a healthy, wonderful world. However, marriage was no longer that, but now it was simply sweat, tiredness, sadness, mournfulness, working their bones to death, desire for more from the other person, desire that the other would do what you wanted, and, and also uh, wanting to rule over. There were conflicting wants now. Conflicting desires. People now have conflicting desires. Conflicting wants and needs, yet tied together forever. Like a two-headed monster going at one thing. With, with two different directions, two different ideas of what needs to happen. This was the marriage that Cain was now going to be living with sin. You see, sin would beg his attention. Sin would say, love me, care for me, live after me, do what I want you to do, do things my way, go, 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 do whatever you think about doing. Just live your way. Just Sin, do the opposite of what God wants. Yet Cain was going to be the ruler over that. Constantly begging his attention, and at the same time, he was going to rule over it. You see, it, it does make sense that sin would be the thing that's being the woman in this relationship, the one that would reproduce more after its own kind. Sin was playing the part of Eve. Sin was playing the part of what would reproduce more of its own kind. You see, it says that sin, lust, when it brings forth, brings forth death. Sin brings forth things. Sin makes more of itself. Sin desires to have that relationship with Cain where it could be more and more and more and more. But Cain was wanting to roll over. Cain would be ruling. Cain would be making all the decisions, but he would be bound to sin. And the thing is, it's not just Cain, is it? Because with Cain's sin, with Cain's promise of what sin would be, that was the promise to anyone that sins. If you sin, you are living. If you live a life of sin, you are married to that sin. You are bound to that sin. You are contractually covenant bound to sin. You, have, you are bound to sin. You see in Romans 3.23, it says the wages of sin are death. Wait, what pays? Someone who signed a paper with a company that's gonna, that a paycheck's going to come, that you will do what we want and we will pay you. 
Yeah. You have an agreement with sin. That's the only way you'll ever get a wage from it is if you have an agreement with sin. You are bound to sin. You can, you can do whatever you want, but you are contractually bound to sin. You are going to do what we want you to do while you're here. Sin is bound to us the moment that we are born. We have vows, a contract with sin. We are living after sin. We have to do what sin says do. Its desire is to us. Its desire is to us. Now Romans chapter 6 says something a little more about what that is with sin and what it really means. Romans 3.23 said that the wages of sin are death. But in Romans 6 and 23, it says that It says that the wages of sin is death. And in Romans 3.23, it says that it says that all have sinned. We have no way out of it. Everyone is bound to sin. Everyone is living after sin. But and the wages with it are death. Thou shalt surely die, it says. And it remains true. We are one flesh with darkness. We are one flesh with darkness. We are bound to it. We are made to continue to do with it. You see, it said that sin was waiting at the door. Yeah. We are doomed to a marriage that we're born into. We have an arranged marriage to sin. Yeah. In Revelation 21 and 8, we are told what's going to happen if we do sin. We're told that all that sin are going to have their part in the lake of fire. The fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, the liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We are doomed to die. We are doomed to forever live in sin as long as we stay tied to that contract. Amen. And you are tied to the contract. We are stuck with the contract. We are stuck with it. We are stuck with it. We are stuck with it. As long as you live in sin, you're going to keep on sinning. Amen. You see, one man was all it took to get sin into the world. We have a contract and we have to break it. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Unto the law. And for until the law, sin was in the world. Sin is not imputed when there is no law. There, therefore, death reigned from Adam to Mo Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transaction. It don't matter if you did what Adam did. Amen. You're counted a sinner. Who is the figure of him that is to come. You see, Jesus is coming. There is a way out of sin. We have a hope from this. You see, we are bound to the covenant, the contract, the bondage of sin. We are stuck with sin. But then something happened. Amen. Then something happened. In Matthew 26, he said, this is the blood of the New Testament that's poured out for many. Take, eat. It is my body. Drink, it is in my blood. You can be tied to me now. You can live the way that I want to live. You can live like me. You, you can, I can break this. But it says in that verse that this is a covenant for the blood that will give you the remission of sins. Amen. 
It will give you the remission of sins. That is God. It will be gone. The contract's ripped up. The contract's destroyed. We have the way out when Jesus came into this world. But sometimes we decide to stay bound up. Because you see, Jesus said in Revelation 3 and 20 that behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open, I will come in unto him and I will sup with him and he, and he with me. But you remember, just like Jesus stands at the door and knocks, sin lieth at the door. Amen. You see, Jesus is knocking, but sin's hiding behind the door at any moment, ready to pounce, ready for the moment you leave that door. He's going to shove his foot in and he's going to yeah. say, hello, I'm back. Sin is forever at our door. Sin is forever trying to get in. That's why we have a duty to make sure that Jesus stays inside the house. Amen. Jesus needs to stay in there. That new covenant exists where sin can be remitted. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. He said, because the Son of Man came and he's going to he came not in the world to condemn the world, but the whole world through him might be saved. Amen. There's a plan. We can choose darkness, we can choose light. Right. But we do not have to stay in sin. Nope. We do not have to stay in sin. See, John 3 is very interesting for more than just verse 16. Amen. That's right. As you keep on going... God came out in the world to condemn the world, but that the whole world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation. Light come into the world. And they love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Everyone that does evil hates the light and he doesn't come to the light lest his deeds be reproved. Amen. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his sin may be made manifest that they are right in God. That his deeds may be manifest that they're right in God. We need to go towards the light. Get away from sin because sin is going to hold us down. He came to save us so that we would no longer have to be living in sin. Praise the Lord. We don't have to live in sin. We can take that new covenant. We can get in that new covenant. There is hope for us. We do not have to stay tied down in sin. We don't have to be married to sin. He has given us a way out. He's given us a way out. He's given us a way out of this terrible relationship that we are stuck with. But sometimes we just like to stay in the dark. We like to stay in the dark. We don't like to realize that there is... We don't like to think about the fact that as long as we're tied to sin, you're ever running towards death. Yeah. You're ever running towards hell. You're ever going to be heading straight for hell. There is no way out of it if you stay in sin. Yeah. Because no matter what you try, no matter what you do, if you are living in sin, you will keep sinning. No matter what you try, no matter what you do, you will keep sinning. Now, there is a way out. Yes, there's a way out. But there's also a way back in. There is a way back in to sin. 
And if you go back in, you're going to be headed towards the same punishment all over again. Like I said, he stands at the door and knocks. If anyone lets him in. But at the same time, at the same time, sin waits at that same door. He's, anytime you can kick the sin out and let him in, but also anytime he'll leave if you let the sin in. They aren't going to stay together. They're not going to let you have a polygamous relationship. They're not down for that. They don't want that to happen. Sin don't want to stick around if Jesus is there. Jesus ain't going to stick around if sin is there. Make a choice. But you can see, with His blood... The marriage to sin, the contract with sin, the covenant, the bondage of sin is broken with his blood. He said to Nicodemus on this same day in Genesis chapter 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And of course, Nicodemus had the question that we've all heard so many times in these types of messages. How can a man be born a second time when he's old? Is he supposed to go back into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, no, no, no. Except a man be born of water of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. Amen. We must be born again. It's really simple. What I'm saying is really simple today. We are born with our arranged marriage to sin. We're stuck with sin the moment that we're born. It's worse than any arranged marriage that ever is because the moment you're born, you don't even have time to get to know each other. You're married. You don't have time to meet. You just come out and you're stuck with sin. You're living that life. You forever have that desire attached. You forever have that rulership that I'm doing what I want except what I want is forever being pestered. Forever being tempted, forever being tried. We are constantly tied to that from the moment that we're born. But there is that hope. Amen. You see, that's why you have to be born again. You've got to be born into that new marriage. You've got to be born into that new covenant, that new connection. That thing that's been your birthright from the moment you came out has to be broken. And we have to go and live for Jesus. I'm I'm about done now. The music can go ahead and come. We are born in this. We are born in this. Therefore, we got to be born again. Because we're born into sin, we have to be born again. Because we can't keep living for sin. We can't keep going after sin. We have to be born again. How? Water and spirit. That thing he said. 
not, not be born physically, nothing like that. We got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. And I have people who can quote this back to me. They know what I mean every time I say this because I say it so often. I hope it hasn't lost its novelty or something because there's still people that need to follow this. There's people in this room who's heard me say this a thousand times but haven't done it. But it's simple. We've got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. We've got to make that decision that we want to be born again of the water and of the spirit. And then just like the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, we were all in one accord in one place. A sound comes from heaven as a rushing out of here. Fills all the house where they were sitting. There appears unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and falls upon each of them. And there were all filled with the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. We've got to be born again that way. Like I said, I talked about a minute uh, while service was going on that we needed to worship Him in spirit and truth and that means our spirit. But the only way to make it to heaven is with His spirit. It's something a little more than excitement. Something a little more, something a little different. Your spirit needs to change. Your spirit needs to be combined with His spirit. We need to become one flesh with God. And that comes just as it did on the day of Pentecost when they asked, well then what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent, be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this promise is to you, to your children, and to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God will call. We need to repent. We need to turn from our wicked ways. We need to change. We need to get baptized in the name of Jesus, just as happened this last Sunday with Brother James. But then we need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that is not a you might, that's not a maybe, that's not a, this is a covenant promise with God that if we will do that, hit our part, he will do his part. We just gotta let him do it. We just gotta let him do it. We just gotta let him do it. We need to get that desire going towards Jesus. We need to get that going towards Jesus. Let him rule over our lives that we may be one too with God. We need to get the Spirit of God. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost as the Spirit gives the others. Speaking in other tongues. If someone would, let's come up to these altars and let's break the bond of sin and get the presence of God and follow His plan. And these altars are open up and you will come and pray. We need to pray. We need to get repeated. We need to let God fill us with His Spirit just like He did on the day of Pentecost. I'd love to see someone receive the Holy Ghost tonight. I'd love to see something happen and someone be filled with the Spirit. Someone break the bond of sin and let God take place over us. Let God break the covenant of sin and do what He wants to do.